Welcome to the Connect podcast, the weekly podcast for the California MBA featuring movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, host for Connect, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before we get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Thanks, Susan, and thanks for listening. This is Josh Wren, CEO and founder of Incelerate. We're grateful for our partnership with the CMBA and are committed as a company to help lenders close more loans. We do this with our customer experience platform that has a CRM, lead management, marketing, automation, robust content library, desktop and mobile applications. We do this to help you engage and stay connected to your current borrowers, referral partners, past borrowers, and potential new ones. If you want to find out why we're the fastest growing CRM provider in the mortgage industry, please reach out to us and ask for a demo. All right, thank you, Josh. And with that, this brings me to today's guest. As uh, so a gentleman I've known for many years now, uh, I'm happy to welcome Andy Mekovich, principal at Gantry, to connect. Welcome, Andy. Yeah, thank you so much. I think this is probably your hundred and something uh, episode. I was waiting when I was going to get this uh, this invite. <laughs> He's like, I'm not sure what took so long. No kidding, right? <laughs> Uh, so uh, I always like to start out the podcast just uh, sharing with everybody kind of how you got into the industry. It's usually an interesting story. So tell us uh, about your start in the mortgage industry. Yeah, in listening to some of your other podcasts, that's like sometimes my favorite part. I yeah. uh, <laughs> I tend to love hearing how people kind of wound through different jobs and industries and whatnot to, to end up in the commercial real estate space. But mine's no different. <laughs> um, you know. When I was, uh, you know, a, a teen, I think that uh, kids are at least asked what they want to be at a very young age, and at a pretty young age following that, at like 18, uh, you have to pick a focus, right? And when I was growing up, we had a family friend who I always thought was pretty successful and gregarious and fun, and he was a commercial real estate appraiser. Um, and so I'm 18, I get into a college and um, I have to pick a concentration and I saw a finance and appraisal concentration. Uh, and I was like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's do that. Um, so, you know, throughout school, college, I had many odd jobs, um, furniture moving. I worked at a cinnamon factory. Uh, I did some manual labor before I landed on probably my favorite job, not career, but job, um, working at a hotel. And working at that hotel on the Central Coast, it um, it afforded me the opportunity to save some money. It was a pretty well-paying job working as a valet and bellman. And so when I graduated college, um, I feel like I was lucky to be able to go out and actually um, interview companies for a job rather than like actually getting interviewed, right? So I got right. to, I felt like I kind of got to pick what I wanted to do. And given that I had a, a focus in appraisal, even though it wasn't much, it was like a couple appraisal classes in school, um, I'd interviewed with a commercial real estate appraisal company and uh, got that job. Um, started off as, a, as an appraisal, as a commercial real estate appraiser uh, or associate appraiser. 
and kind of quickly worked my way um, up in, in that company and was actually doing um, appraisals, commercial real estate appraisals for different banks and debt funds and mortgage bankers, uh, including the firm that I'm a partner at today. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of wound through uh, a handful of different jobs. And I think that all of those experiences kind of help at least help you focus or define, you know, may, where you, you know, may want to end up. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, a great path to where um, to where you landed out at, at Gantry, one of the you know cornerstone uh, companies in the in the real estate industry. Um, I know, as I mentioned at the beginning, you and I have known each other for a good long while now. I uh, remember when you first got active with the California MBA, and you had such great energy. Um, and you were one of our, uh, I believe, in the um, one of the first um, classes in our uh, future leaders program so many years ago. Of course, now you're a member of our board of directors. You're on our executive uh, leadership as our commercial president in line to be chairman of the board. So a uh, great kind of path from your association experience too. Um, but in the future leaders program, can you talk with us about the importance of mentorship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was 2007, I got nominated to do the California MBA Future Leaders Program. And the thought process at that time, I think for me and my and my boss was just to get out and, and meet people, right? And the California MBA being really the premier platform to do that, um, you know, and the Future Leaders being a good, that program being a good starting point or entry point into the California MBA. Um, I was nominated and I did that in, in 2007 and loved it. And, um, you know, when you, when you meet people and, and as you talk about uh, mentorship, um, I think I kind of learned this strategy in working with a lot of different people, both on the appraisal side and on the commercial mortgage banking side of the business. But, um, I've always, you know, a lot of young people want to know what the secret to success or how, how, how do you originate so many loans or, you know, how, how do these deals kind of come together? And I think it, it boils down to, and like I was saying, picking off both good and bad characteristics from those that you work with in order to kind of create your own professional personality, if you will, right? Um, and the California MBA, and then I subsequently did the uh, National MBA Future Leaders Program, um, and just met a lot of people. It was actually, it was funny. We, um, we acquired the commercial mortgage banking operation from Norris Banks and Simpson in early 2020, and one of the principals there uh, a gentleman by the name of Patty Ryan, I did the future leaders program with. So as we were kind of going through that process, he and I were like, yeah, we're going to get to, we're actually going to get to be partners here. So you know, <laughs> that, all started, that, that all started from, you know, just, so, uh, uh, you know, this program back in 2007. That's great. That's a great, that's a great connection. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing yeah. that with us. You know, one thing that the real estate finance industry is um, always looking to do is increase diversity. Um, can you talk with us about how Gantry is attracting, you know, young or diverse individuals into this industry or your company? Yeah, I think it's a it's a challenge for our industry that everyone has kind of taken a little bit unique uh, or a unique approach on um, our company. Um, 
is run and managed by a set of committees and subcommittees, one of those being the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion subcommittee. Um, and that committee or subcommittee um, is, you know, meets frequently and is pretty consistently giving advice to the firm on how we continue to hire young and diverse professionals. Um, we have nine offices now, so I think each market poses um, its own kind of unique challenge, at least in the hiring process, whether that's, you know, engaging recruiters um, or approaching universities for their, for their job boards. Um, but at the end of the day, I think um, our strategy is to provide equal opportunity to all of our staff uh, for a successful career. Um, and what I really love about, and this is, you know, kind of back to your, your first question about, you know, how getting started in the industry, but I love that there is a direct correlation between how hard you work, how good you are at your job, and generally how much money you'll make, right? And so if you overlay all those um, factors over a platform that, really allows for or affords success to people who want to work hard, um, that's that's an important thing for us. And I think Gantry does a good job at providing that platform. That's great. And I think, you know, having a, um, a, a formal DE&I committee as part of the corporate structure, I think, of the company is really important. Great way to kind of keep that top of mind for, you know, recruitment purposes um, in the, um, you know, for the company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andy, I see you are involved in a, in a few charities as well. Um, live with you. Um, talk with us about why these organizations are important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the board for um, the Trinity Center, which is a homeless services organization in my hometown, Walnut Creek. Um, and, you know, funny story, almost like the uh, career path question, but I was working in downtown Walnut Creek and had bumped into and kind of befriended a homeless individual. I think I bought him lunch a few times. I think I bought him some clothes and maybe a sleeping bag, another. And one day after I did that, I went back to my desk and um, was like, you know, how, how can I do, how can I do more? So I, I Googled, I, I forget what the exact Google search was, but I ended, I, I landed on the Trinity Center and made a phone call, talked to the executive director. And I think I was on the board the next day. Um, <laughs> that was that was probably eight or nine years ago, something like that. Um, but for me, it, it's it's about, at least with the Trinity Center, it's just about having a community. Um, I really value being able to walk down the street and know people, right? Being able to to, to say hi to people and kind of, you know, on, on the real estate side, know who's doing what in the community, right? Um, I think you'll see a lot of the leaders in our space um, involved with their communities in 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 some facet, right? Um, there's a few others. I don't know if you want to talk, um, uh, you know, go, go do, down the list, but um, been involved with the Alzheimer's Association. That one was just really personal. Lost my grandfather and um, kind of, I guess it's somewhat genetic so i'm hoping maybe i can help in a very very small way and uh improve my uh my, my chances when uh, when i age a little further 
it's always great to be uh, involved and give back to those charities. They've uh, I've worked in nonprofit arena as well, and uh, it's it's always such a a wonderful thing to have you know committed professionals that are willing to help you um, you know achieve your mission. So good for you. Two great two great charities for sure. Absolutely. So kind of get back to the the real estate market. Um, you know, 2022 uh, can be a, a tough market for uh, for certain elements of the real estate finance industry. Um, what asset classes do you see that are faring um, better than others this year or the next 12 months? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, outside of the the the, the typical um, asset classes that you read about, whether that be storage or multifamily or maybe industrial, and you know, everybody somewhat kind of throwing shade on office. I am a firm believer in commercial real estate long-term, right? So for prudent owners or buyers, investors who have a long view, I really think that um, opportunities will exist in all asset classes, right? Um, now, it's definitely gotten harder on us. I mean, on the debt side and for many of our clients, but um, the turbulence creates opportunity, right? Um, and our, our, our clients who are not necessarily in it to make a quick dollar um, are still doing extremely well, right? But that doesn't have to necessarily be like generational wealth. Um, and those kind of quick flip type deals may have come and gone. There's still, you know, there's still obviously some around, um, but again, I just think that prudent owners will uh, will have opportunities. Yeah, great perspective. That's a great perspective. How does uh, yeah. how does Gantry differentiate themselves from their competitors? Another good question. Um, you know, I'd say focus is is primary for us. We um, I think we're tracking about 5.6 to 5.7 billion in total originations this year, um, which is going to be, you know, call it 10% more than what we did, 10% or more of what we did last year. Um, I don't think that if you would have pulled even our team that we would have guessed that that would have been the case. But our focus on um, the products that we represent being debt and equity. Um, for our clients, um, I think is really what what sets us apart. Um, and when I say focus, I don't necessarily mean like loan size or asset type, but really in the debt space, we view ourselves um, as a part of the team for all of our clients, right? Um, and not to say that that's unique amongst our our peer group, um, but that that is absolutely our focus. Right, right. Great to be a yeah a good business partner with your with your clients in those transactions. To, to follow up on that, I think knowing our correspondence of the you know five or six billion dollars that will originate this year, typical a typical year is roughly 60, 60 to sixty five percent of that we do um, or we fund on behalf of our call it thirty plus life insurance correspondence, right? And so I think what you'll find a lot of times is that um, we're going out to create a marketplace for our clients um, and give them that feedback on the debt or equity. Um, now, if something doesn't necessarily fit that life insurance box, and not to say that that's our sole focus, but we obviously then have the ability to go out into the market and create 
the product that uh, that our client needs. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And now, yeah, great, great way to be a, a good, uh, you know, business partner, like I say, with your, uh, with your clients and making those transactions, um, you know, more of a long-term, long-term relationship. Yeah. You know, we're, we're coming right up on the Western States craft conference this year. Um, and one thing I'm excited about, uh, at the conference this year is that we're featuring a session on technology. And so mm -hmm. technology on the commercial side, has uh, really seemed to take uh, has been taking off. Um, what are your thoughts on how the industry is adapting to the use of technology on the commercial side? Yeah, so I, I always like uh, I, I wasn't there for this, but I remember when I started um, on the appraisal side of the business, I had heard stories, and I thought this was just like this is just like primitive, but we're not that far away from the years in which appraisers had dark rooms right where they had to process their own photography yeah. so if you look at it you know on a kind of a larger scale we've come a long way in a relatively short amount of time that being said um, i think i still think we have a, a, a pretty significant ways to go um, in servicing i think 2100 loans um, that you know the technology has benefited our servicing uh side of our business um, dramatically, right? Um, I think what has come out maybe in the last, call it five or so years, um, yeah, maybe maybe longer, but but the, the power of the origination technology is definitely something that uh, is, is picking up steam, is being utilized by um, all ages of producers at our firm, but um, definitely some of the uh, newer or younger producers are, are are really taking advantage of the technology from an origination and contact management perspective. Um, yeah, um, I don't think that there's ever going to be a time that a commercial real estate mortgage banker is replaced by technology, right. though. I think some firms are out there trying to kind of try to pitch that, not that it's bad, um, but the the nuances and intricacies of each individual deal will keep us employed. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, such a it's like, a, um, you know, a, it's like an art form. I mean, you've, it's from what I understand from, you know, how you put deals together. But I think that uh, I just like I say, on the residential side, because they're consumer facing, just the, you know, the, the influx of technology over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years has been significant and it's going full steam. And it's like, I feel like commercial sides, you know, kind of getting that steam behind it too. So it's exciting to see. Absolutely. Uh, so as we mentioned earlier, you know, you are of course a member of our board on our executive team um, for the California MBA. So can you talk with our listeners about the importance of supporting the organization like the California MBA? Yeah, I mean it's it's the lifeline to our industry, right? Then you'll see my my favorite conference of the year, Western States Cref. I'm not. I think my first year was 2006, and I don't think I've missed one since. But I love that conference more than any. Um, and, and pretty much everyone who is doing deals, whether it be mortgage bankers, direct lenders, life insurance companies. Um, service providers all attend this conference to 
learn what everyone else is doing and to make deals happen. Um, so from that perspective, like I said, the California MBA truly is the lifeline to our industry. Now, on the that's the the connection side. On the advocacy side, um, as you are well aware, the you know much of the pending legislation at the state level has kind of a consumer or residential focus, and the California MBA does a really good job at making sure that that proposed or pending legislation doesn't have um, shrapnel or unintended consequences uh, for the commercial and multifamily side of our business. Yeah, the advocacy part of the organization is truly our cornerstone. And uh, boy, the, the folks in Sacramento like to keep a, a constant flow of, uh, of topics for us to uh, <laughs> be addressing here in Sacramento. So uh, yeah, we are, uh, we're proud of our advocacy yeah. efforts. So thank you for mentioning that. Absolutely. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing everyone in a few days at Craft. Uh, yeah, we are just days away now, and uh, we will see you in Vegas. Andy, it's oh, thank you so much for being a guest on Connect. It's always great to spend time with you. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. And thanks all of you uh, for joining us today on Connect. Uh, to access any of our episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Connect. Here we go.